0: Hey, if only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling, sleep a welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story, tonight's trending Twitter Tuesday. Uh, tonight's trending Twitter Tuesday, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. And what what we do around these here parts... If you if you want me to take you you know first I fix up a a homemade natural style imaginary version of country time lemonade that does not capitalize on all the chemicals but all the goodwill stirred by those ads and a man reminiscent of Wilford Brimley that may not have been Wilford Brimley and we try to say she's welcome around here these here parts. I'm glad you're here. Come on in. That's the that's the attitude I guess we try to strike. I guess I way, went way off track here. I said I thought I'd be able to pull it together. I, thus far, I've not, but stick with me. Because what I'm going to do is create a me- mental swing bench on a lovely porch on a tr- tree-lined drive down imaginary lane, and I'm going to pat the seat here. And, you you know, I say, hey, come on down here and have a seat here right next to me. And if your southern accent freaks you out, whatever, you know, I'll just use my accent and you can imagine. You can, uh, you know, accentuate it as you wish. But I'm going to say this here is a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing, whatever's got you up at night, thinking, worrying, planning, whatever it is, hurting Or whatever's going through your brain, you you say, I just can't fall asleep. Well, in some sense, I'm going to try to be a threshold guardian. I don't know if that's the right word. That's a word uh, Joseph Campbell uses, I think. I throw it in there. Yeah, because mythology comes up this episode, but it's, well, I mean, you probably should get a degree and study that stuff first. But I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to create a safe place on your transition from waking to going to sleep. I'm going to say, sit on this bench next to me. But really, you could be in your bed. You just lie down, close your eyes. And I'm going to try to distract the part of your brain that's keeping you up, that's talking, that's that's saying, oh, geez, I can't stop thinking about my ankle, whatever it is or they can't let go of yesterday, today, or tomorrow, whatever whatever it is, I'm going to try to distract you. I'm going to go on a lulling, to soothing tangents. They say, well, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It is a bit lulling. It is a bit soothing. And it's a whole hell of a lot of boring. And I'd say that's, what, that's some of the ingredients in this hard lemonade we've got here for you. And down our tree-line drive, which is neither straight nor directional. It goes on X, Y, and Z axis. C, C. So you, this, that's a tree line drive, drive, dry tree line drive of distraction, pointless meanders, where we'll walk together as, as hopefully you forget about life for a while and you, and you say, Well, Jesus, this kindly old man, this Brim, Brim, brim Brimford, Brimley, Brimford, yeah, you could just call me Brimford. Part Wilford, part Brimley. But the best parts, you know, I don't have one of those mustaches, but I wish I did, push broom, uh, push broom style. But I'm glad you're here. I'm going to talk. I'm going to lull. I'm going to do pointless meanders. And she said, hopefully I put you to sleep. That's what that's what I'm going to try to do. I don't know if that was a good summary, but basically I'm going to talk. All you got to do is kick back on this swing, go back and forth, and whenever you say, geez, this guy, he's droning on and on, just like if you were sitting next to Wilford Brimley and you say, "Wilfred, could you give me, you know, I know about the high points of your career, and I know one day I'll, you know, joyfully read about the low points and how you recovered from them, or if you're, you know, root against Wilfred Brimley, just from the low points only. But you say, geez, could you tell me about the middle parts of your career, the parts... You know, uh, before and after Full House, not Full, he said, I wasn't on Full House. It was our house. Well, they, you know, the things that don't add, you know, tell me those things, Wilford. Tell me about your drive here today. And I would say, sir, my name is Brimford, and I'm here to do take whatever Wilford Brimley would say and take it down two notches. If that doesn't make any sense to you, just give it a try. That's all I can tell you. This podcast does not make a lot of sense. So if you're looking for a sensible podcast, you you know, I don't know if that's the best. I've said it before, you know, Jane Austen wrote me a letter from beyond that said, please don't bring me up in this podcast, but I have to. Sense and sensibility in bedtime, you know, the actual words sense and sensibility, they don't really go together. Maybe a little Jane Austen before bed with a cup of chamomile tea, country-time chamomile, as we call around here these parts. But, but, you know, don't try to grasp on any meaning here because there won't be a lot. But there'll just be a friendly, friendly, friendly friends and, you know, nice nice folks. You're going to hear in the distance children laughing. Cacadias or those things, the grasshopper-like things. They're going to be making the pleasant noises. You know, from your nostalgic youth. Not the ones where you're like, oh boy, now with those bugs again. Will they ever... Sh-? You know, no, 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 not that kind. The kind that just drifts away. Just like you will drift away from this story at some point. And slowly my voice will just become a sonic. And then hopefully the next thing you know, you're waking up refreshed tomorrow. Or later on today. Whatever it is. That's what I, That's what I do here. Give it a few tries. It is not, you know, like I said, it's not a straight tree-lined path. It's more of a meander. So you say, well, and all I can do is my best. I'm just doing my best to help the people I can fall asleep. Say, geez, I uh, I have a limited skill set. And this is, geez, I finally found an outlet for my limited skill set. Lulling and boring people to sleep. So what are you going to do? You got to embrace it. And let's have a little virtual embrace here, and say, "Geez, yeah, this is a safe place. Just a padding of the, you know, lower middle back embrace. Nothing too intense." And you say, "Wilford, I don't know if I'm comfortable with you embracing me, Brimford. Just you know, virtually embrace me, and that's what I'll do. You're you're welcome here. You're safe here. I hope. And most of all, I hope I help you fall asleep. So thanks for listening. And let's let's get you let's get you doled out. What do you say?" Uh, hey, everybody, it's Trending Twitter Tuesday, and it's a Tuesday. It's actually Tuesday. I'm, I'm a week. Uh, knock on wood, I guess. I should be a better knock, knock, knock on wood, baby. But it, it's, it's, Tuesday, it's Tuesday the 21st, I think I said. I don't want to reach down and get my phone again. But uh, it, uh, so I'm a week ahead, but it's Trending Twitter Tuesday, and I was like, I have a bunch of ideas. For what I was gonna do the like the next trending Twitter Tuesday about, but then uh, then last night I was recording a, 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 a Thursday, a Thursday's episode. I think I don't know whatever or an intro or maybe Sunday. I don't know, but I the, the so last night I was recording another episode, and and an algorithmic came out, which is a song I had planned on writing. I think when we got to a certain number of written reviews, I think 250, it might even been 200, which totally makes me ashamed that I haven't got it done. Now I got to say that I've tried, but I think this is a, so. This is an interesting story opportunity. I uh, ISO. I think that's already trademarked ISO by some sort of electronics testing. They can say it's ISO certified. But I thought this would be a good chance for me to explore, geez, why am I stuck with this algorithmic? I can't crack it. Uh, But to go public right now, uh, I would said for my sleeper summer project, to myself, I said, oh, geez, maybe I'll work on algorithmic five minutes a day, every day, and then it'll get done. But I was unable to follow through on that. and, And I think part of it, well, let's just explore it in story. So that's part of tonight's episode. And then I then after I decided, but then after, strangely enough, after I decided that uh, I looked on Twitter and I said, Oh you got a new follower. And the follower was a maker of a complaint application. And I said well anybody that listens to Simon and Pounce in Space after I do the prayers to the old gods and the new Where I I was praying to the old gods and the new from the game at Game of Thrones about developing a complaint application with the gods. Uh, Spoiler alert: you know it works out like most of my schemes do. Uh, Actually, I don't know if I don't know how it ended, but you know I learned a lot. But he said, "Geez, it's weird because it's the second person from separate complaint companies." They've been snooping around my business. No, no, it's my public business, so I'm not too worried about it. But I said, how in the hell did this freaking complaint app company decide to follow me on Twitter this week? Because it's not like I blog, and there's no transcriptions of the episodes. Where it's like, oh, we're developing a complaint app from the ground up with the gods old and new. It's going to be called Midler. Uh, recently, uh, you know, I consulted with Eli from Trucker Ch- Ch- Arcade, and said we dropped one of the vowels out of there, so it's Midler, and it doesn't have to do with Bette Midler complaining. It's just you know, inspired by by her love of Bette Midler, and maybe she'll partner with us, but that's doubtful. But it was a, it was kind of a joke thing, like, but but I said, geez, there's some kind of algorithm at work here. Unless the guy was, lit. I mean, the odds of someone working for a complaint company in their social media department, or maybe it's a small two or three ten-person company, someone saying, hey, Bob, did you hear this buffoon on this podcast? He's, he's working with fictional guys that don't exist. Now, that would be his words, of course, not mine. With these fictional gods old and new about developing a complaint app and, spoiler alert, purchasing Dipping Dots. As a, as, a, as a scheme to promote his, his 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 future complaint app, and he's talking about it being a freemium app with a you know a God vengeance add on, which we decided against, I think. Uh, but you know, I said, "Geez, what uh, what are the odds that they would be looking at my profile?" I just thought it was weird. And I said, "Some kind of computer algorithm is at work here." And then I was like, "Well, there must be some kind of internal algorithm here." As well. So I say, geez, when I, so when I start thinking about algorithms and companies checking my profile and and then being stuck on this, and I be be honest, I was real, I'm really embarrassed about not following through on this because it's weird. So I started walking, and when I start walking things can happen, you know. So I started walking and I'm thinking about this and I'm saying, you know, I, I make up other songs and I, I say Hey I said, geez, what is it the song I think this is the song with Joff singing the uh the Strangler it was probably the apex of the podcast and that wasn't that big a deal. So why can't I crack this algorithmic song? Is it is it performance anxiety? Is it, and then I said, well, geez, I, and then I tried to start writing. I said, well, five minutes a day, I'll start rewriting it about me struggling to write it. And I just still couldn't, and I said, is it, because it's too electric slide, bop, 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 bop. I was going to write it algorithmic, doo, 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 but I couldn't understand it uh, algorithmic. But, it, but that was probably as far as I got to get some other stuff in there. But I said, well... So I was walking and walking, and before I knew it, I had walked to somewhere. I had no idea where I was, and I looked around, and I said I had really been in the zone, because I looked around, and the, the, I was in a park, but the grass was purple. That was the first sign. I was like, hmm, and then I said, okay, well, don't, he said, I whispered to myself. I said, don't think about it's a dream, because if it's a dream, then we might have some, uh, Lucid dream, sex opportunities. So please don't wonder if it's a dream. And I said, I'm not hearing anything. Just you know, strange, just purple grass. And I noticed a breeze come through, and the grass r- rippled in the breeze. So I said, okay, normal, strange grass, normal physics. And then I started. I said, okay, reach. For, and I said, wait a second, I'm in, I'm in an industrial area. And then I looked at the grass again, and I realized. I said, "Wait, this is this real grass?" So I reached down and ran my. And I said, "Oh no, this is some sort of uh, cellophane plastic grass, but, but a very, very uh, nice." And, and as a matter of fact, it was so nice that my attention. I said, "Well, I think I'm going to lie down here." And I said, "Nothing better for uh, writer's block, a faux." Uh, non-songwriter fake what do you call those tribute, it's not a tribute song parody songwriting block uh, for you know so I said let's lie down in this and I was so caught up in the purple grass and my attention was full that I didn't hear the and I guess this purple grass. I don't know if it was new. I said, well, geez, I've never been in so much Easter-style grass. But I said, you could really uh, uh, do some quiet walking. And someone said, enjoying the purple grass, are we? And I said, oh, boy. I said, what kind of, he said, that sounds like a, somebody that's going to accuse me of uh, trespassing on private property. And so then I looked, even. I said, I pretended I was, he said, I think I lost the contact down here. Uh, sorry about that, Uh, I've just been walking and thinking, the next thing I know, and I say, yep, definitely lost both my contacts, good thing, uh, they were, you know, vanity, the weirdest thing is they were purple contacts, and they turned and looked up, and there was a a a humanoid bunny standing over me, as best I can describe it, now not a bunny you'd probably be concerned with, but not exactly, it more of a business style bunny uh, because it had a tie, yellow tie and, and, and no shirt. It did have a vest on, but I was so surprised, you know, I rolled backwards on the grass. And I said, "They well, just said, okay, the kind of purple, yeah, you had purple contacts. Sorry about that. I, I don't even know where I am. And then I looked around. And I realized I wasn't an industrial area. This was like a, a, a an industrial park, believe it or not, but an actual park in an industrial area, like an industrial park. Well, I guess a park in an industrial area because an industrial park, uh, you could but go a lot of ways with that. You know, you're very industrial. Well, well, no, that'd be an industrious park. Be like, well, good work, park. You're very industrious. I, then I got a distance enough from the bunny, bunny, b- 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 rap, I guess a rabbit. I, I, at the time, I wasn't even thinking this clearly. But I looked up at it. it had, its ears were standing up. And I didn't have the wherewithal, I guess, to determine if it was a man in a bunny suit or a bunny a b- b- bunny humanoid. But that was my first. My gut reaction was it was a bunny humanoid. And I said, "Are you a bunny man? Or are you a bunny man?" And the but Bunny looked around like 'cause I said it twice and he gave me I said, Well that was a bad I said, that was a joke. You probably didn't get it's it's super obscure humor. Uh, are you a bunny man? Or are you a bunny man? And I said, Never mind, never mind, no one will get that joke, probably bunny man. And he he said, I'd like you to come with me and I said, uh well she said I'm just enjoying this great, he said this is private property. I said, I knew you were going to say that. And I said, uh, I said, does this have anything? I said, does this have anything to do with uh, morally safer? And the rabbit, I swear on all the the cottontails of the world, the rabbit's eyes twitched and it didn't say the rabbit man, bunny man. And the bunny man turned from me and he said, come along. And then I realized there was this looming factory in front of us. Uh, believe it or not, it was a gleaming factory. I was, you know, geez, I was expecting, you know, you know, you'd expect. Well, I guess you wouldn't expect. You say, geez, but this is some top of the line purple grass leading into this uh, gleaming factory. Pastels, yellows. And then I, that's when I said to myself, "Pause. This has got to be the pause. Something to do with pause." He said, "I think that's a. I said that's a good one to say when you've been gotten pause." But then my concern went to morally, because I don't know if anybody listened to the episode long ago, where I ran into morally safer. I th- someone, yeah, I think it was a safer. I'm pretty sure it's morally safer. And I tried to get him to break, you know, break the story open. We we were, it was in Florida. And I said, Morley, let's, you know, let's pull you out of retirement into like part-time investigative journalism in Florida. But at the time, Morley was going through some stuff with his brother and his brother's girlfriend. So we just sorted that out, and we went our separate ways. But I said, poor Morley, he's he, he, once again. I said, jeez, I'm trying to be, grow up and be an adult, and somehow I got somebody... I said, I hope that's just a... I said, I hope that bunny just has a nervous twitch, or like, uh, you know, maybe there's another morally that bunnies don't like, because who what bunny wouldn't like morally safer, clearly? I mean, even that name lacks any hardness, morally safer. It's like, uh, it's like, Geez, you, do, you don't you want to be, you know, hey, bunny... But meanwhile, I was just I guess I was trying to distract myself from the fact that I was strolling into this high-tech factory with this behind this bunny, so I followed the ra- rabbit man, and I, you know I, for a little while, the rabbit was walking at a good pace, like uh, brisk, I'd say brisk for sure. And the rest of this uh, factory was quiet whisper, whisper quiet, ex- I mean except for me, because I was like, "What's your name? Where are we going?" nothing this rabbit just kept walking and for a second i said well geez i'll just stop walking and not even kidding this factory was automatic like i turned and the wall was coming towards me and it had those gleaming factory now we we're just in a hallway but it was gleaming the floor so when the wall bumped me so gently for a wall A mysterious moving wall to keep you moving. It started pushing me. And I I immediately fell to my knees because I said, geez, I hate to scruff the, I guess, scuff this uh, beautiful floor. And then it just coasted me right along until my knees started burning. I just jumped up. The wall wasn't moving very fast, but then I picked up my pace. I caught up with the rabbit man. And then he took a hard right into a what was a conference room, and he said, have a seat, and I said, uh, no. And he he said, okay, you stand then, but I'm going to sit, and he sat at the head of the table. And I'd say there was about uh, 20, 20, 12, 12, 24, yeah, 26 seats. Because the 12 on each side, actually, I counted so 26 seats exactly. But well, there was just this rabbit at the, head of the table, the yellow tied rabbit, blue blue, 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 blue vest. And he uh, said nothing, he just sat at the head of the table. And I guess that is said Well, you said I could stand. Are you going to begin? And I said, why am I here? Who are you? And he raised his paw. Or I guess it was a hand paw. It was, uh... It definitely wasn't anything I've seen on a rabbit. And, or... I mean, it's tough to to put into words. They say, posable thumb, yes. Some sort of, uh... What do you call those? Like fingernails that are also, like, you could dig, dig and stuff, or... You know, we, we do stuff, yeah. Like uh, like the pink, the cute pink thing you want to put on your face. You know, I say, Jesus, that look as soft as it looks? Does it feel as soft as it looks? Because I'd like to get a little rub of that against my... I said that to him. Because he had a perfectly pink pause. But they were also, you know, pans. I guess you'd call them pans. P a n. P A W S P A N H A N D S pans, pans, like a paw hand. And uh, I don't know what of that I said out loud when I was there, but I was thinking, man, uh, and I said, I said, geez, okay, later, if I need to do something crafty, I'll say I'm a panned reader and try to do a panned reading of him. But I said, listen, uh, sir, I'm, I'm going to try to talk sense to you. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know where I am. I just, you know, I know, I know you You, you get, but do you sell that purple grass? Do you have a factory outlet store here? Because I'd definitely buy that. I apologize for trespassing. I was in the middle of a long, shameful walk where I was beating myself up for, uh, like I was trying to write a song about algorithms and that's when he put his hand up and he shut me right up. And I said, uh, And he said, I'll stop you right there, my friend. And I said, Don't correct him about being a friend because obviously he's in the position of power. And I said, I think I'll have a seat. So this is regarding algorithms. And he goes, This is regarding algorithmic. And I go. I said, "Da da 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 And "So so so where so?" Ba ba And I said, "Do you do you want the rights to algorithmic? Because I said it's just a copy of uh, it's just a copy of electric slide. I haven't written it yet. I as you, I said, you know, you can purchase this.' And he I, I, he said, he said, do you know where you are?'" And I said, I'll give you one. I said, I, I, I think I can get in one guess. This is the Paz factory, I'm guessing. And he said, exactly. And he said, he goes, You know how many days it is till Easter? I said, I've, Probably a lot. I said, It's July 21st. And Easter's like April, March or April or May ish. And he just shook shook his head, his bunny head, and he noticed his whiskers for the first time. But I still got a good look. I said, I don't know if this is... I said, I might be dreaming, but I don't want to think about lucid dreams now. I said, because I wouldn't even be into a lady bunny, believe it or not. But he, he said to me, he, he said, he said, tomorrow we're going to launch our takeover of the back-to-school shopping season. And I said... Okay, go tell me more, please. And he said, we've, for too long, we have paused here. Been, we've been satisfied with only dying eggs once a year. And, uh, you know, we've, we've decided as a company we would like to do dye eggs twice a year. And I said, oh, okay, so tomorrow you launch your marketing campaign, too. And he said, "Dominate the back to the school season." And I said, wow! So that's a great idea. So you can have a back to school uh, egg dive." I said, He said, "He said exactly." And he said, "He said al right. He said, "We've hired it. We hired an algorithmic firm." And he said, We've been tapping into your podcast, and believe it or not, as, m- as much as a lunatic as we all feel. And I said, Where? I said, Are you sure you're not a lunatic? Because they said, uh, There's no one else in this factory. I think it's a Saturday or a Sunday. Though I think my grip on reality might have been loosed, uh, or well, you sure, know, it was already loosed, I guess, shaken free. But I said, okay, so, so let me t- let me reframe everything so I can just try to pretend I'm sane as I talk to a rabbit man with pa- pans. I stumbled into the pies factory, uh, and he said, wrong. And I said, okay, you can fill me in later. And a, a rabbit man, something, you've decided to, to punish me For violating your privacy, public, private property rights by telling me about your marketing campaign that doesn't seem focused enough. And when I said morally safer, you twitched and the rabbit twitched again, twice. So I said, Oh boy. But I said, I'm going to leave that. And the rabbit said, No, 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 we took you here. And he said, Tomorrow. We, 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 we launched, well, we don't have a marketing campaign, but we have billions of dollars in ad buys already done. And we need a marketing campaign to, for a new, and I said, who, I said, who's in charge here? And I said, this doesn't make any sense. I said, let me try to make sense of this rabbit man. And okay. So how did you, okay. who how did you bring me here? And they said, well, you get the technology to move walls, gleaming factory, pur- make fake grass purple. Okay, so you have some powers. I said, but, uh, but I said, something isn't that, right? I said, something's rotten, and uh, this is as rotten as a undiscovered Easter egg on a, a month after Easter morning. And he looked at me like I had said something so wrong that had b- bothered him. And I said, "So you guys are trying some more Easter egg dye and whatever other Easter egg crap you bought, you you guys manufacture, and you capture me to bring me here, and you want me to help you somehow uh, with a brilliant marketing campaign because your algorithms told you to listen to my podcast about Midler." And somehow in your rabbit, maybe are you, do you have a rabbit brain or a human brain or mostly a rabbit brain? And the rabbit twitched three times. And I said, said, is that about right? And he said, yes, we need you to come up with a marketing campaign. And he said, we've listened to your podcast. And we're pretty sure that, and I said, why don't you just pay some people that are actually marketers? And then he said, there's one missing piece. And he, one of those things that, you know, a wooden desk has a hidden panel. And it flipped up. And he hit a button. And the conference room dropped about 20 floors instantly. And we opened into an even, if I thought the factory was gleaming, the next place we opened up was super gleaming. And there was like vats of what looked like uh, Easter egg dye and rabbit, full grown rabbit men working. This was just some sort of underground. There was boiling, they looked like they are boiling vats. All very standard evil guy stuff, or, you know, evil plan stuff. But you said, geez. It. And then I said, I said, oh, I said, okay. I said, so you, you need my help selling. I said, why, why me? You know, other than, you know, you listen to my podcast and, you know, your smaller mammalian brain I said this is great I said how much do you pay and he handed me a round medallion he said put that on and I said was this he said a one-way ticket off earth and I said well geez you definitely listen to my podcast but you don't always know I said great but I don't want to leave earth and he said you'll need to and I said why he said we come from the, you know, some planet rabbitonium or something. And I said I, I started to get irritated. You know, he said we're taking over your planet. We're from, you know, from another world planet rabbitonium, We'll say I don't know because I was starting to get, I was having a rage attack. Even now I got to take a breath so I don't pop. And plus, he wasn't even. I said, well, geez, maybe this is a dream, but this sucks. Because I thought if I would have had a dream back at that first park, I could have thought of someone and said, oh boy, I'm thinking about her. Is she, oh, she's walking. Hello, my lady. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Anyway, I, I think I even did that. So it was like me and this guy were not perfectly matched to be working together. And I'm starting to rage. The pot, pots are boiling with rage. And that's when I hear Morley yell to me. And I think he had my name. I think he said, Derek, Derek. And I said, Derek. And I seen him. I seen him yelling. I see. I seen him on the factory floor uh, sitting in some sort of uh, one of those, just, you know when you go to a, not a circus, carnival, where the person sits above the water and you throw something at the target and it hits and then they drop into the water. It was it was that, but above like an a Easter egg dye that was, you know, one of those ones where they mixed all the colors together. So it was like the darkest, uh, nearly demonic purple, I would say, if I was going to name it and say, hey, the Stewart, let's get this color going, demonic purple. And she would say, no. And he said, Derek. And then we made eye contact. And I said, he's calling me freaking Derek. I mean, morally safer. I saved his brother's ass from his, you know, at Easter. And he, you can't even remember my freaking name. But I said, "What? why is Morley here? He stumbled onto your plans. And he said, exactly. He said, after you pestered him, he started following the trail of chemical company, you know. And I said, why would Morley care if you were making more Easter egg dye? And I said, oh, wait, the takeover part. I said, I totally forgot about that because I'm so I'm so angry there. But now I'm, somehow morally saying my name wrong, canceled out my rage. Because that's really irritating. And I said, did you listen to that one where the stupid dog kept barking so loud? And I said, if you like my podcast so much, why are you being so rude to me? And I said, I don't even know your name. Do you mind if I call you Peter Cottontail, Peter? And the rabbit just nodded. And he said, rabbit, Peter, he said, I never, I never said I listened to the, I liked the podcast. And I said, well, geez, this is not going well because I can feel myself aging. And I said, okay, you know, obviously I'm going to try to screw your plans up. But you got that, uh, Bub? And he didn't look like it. He said, well, he's definitely from not the earth because he doesn't know Bub is. I said, Cottontail, you understand me? And he nodded. And I said, well, what's the hurry? I said, why you got to capture? I said, okay, more we found out about your chem- takeover chemicals. Why can't you just wait till Easter? And he he said, he this was so boring. I, I got to spare you guys from a, a Jesus case going on forever. Just talk to a rabbit. And I said, believe me, this rabbit was, he said, the rabbits can't get to the point. I guess that's why they, they, uh. You know, they're not one of the top pets. It's like, oh you know, yeah, you're in the top 10, maybe the top 20, because you can't get to the point. A dog gets to the point, pet me, play with me. Cat gets to the point, feed me, I don't like you. Uh, birds, they squawk. They say, hey, give me some stuff now. Uh, fish, they drop dead. You know, they say you say, hey, thanks for nothing, I'm dead now. But you guys... They said, you're giving rabbits a bad name. You're making me give rabbits a bad name. So, yeah, I'm going to stop your plan. But anyway, why can't you wait till Easter? I don't get it. Yeah, they give me more time to stop you. And he said, well, one, we'll lose our deposits. Our marketing campaign goes live tomorrow. And uh, two, uh, we determined that the, he goes, I in order to die using the pie's traditional recipe, which is a perfect solution to spread our you know I, I don't even know what they were making because I was so irritated. And he was so boring. He said, geez, in order to the dilution he said people need two doses a year for them to take over. And I said, Are you doing like a like a mind takeover or are you taking everybody out? Because there's gotta be an easier way for either one. And then Morley yelled Derek a couple more times, and he, he and he saw me, and I said, geez, I love Morley Safer. What can I say even when he gets my name wrong? Even if this guy is not the real Morley Safer, he's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Morley Safer, though, but I'm not positive. It was some guy that looked like him. I mean, he responded when I was calling him Morley in Florida. But I said, don't worry, Morley. And he said, all right, Derek. He said, "This is not a. This is not an Easter egg dye only." And I said, I've, "I'm aware." I said, "Is there like some sort of bunny piranha in there?" And he actually nodded. And I said, "Damn you, Cottontail!" And Cottontail said, "Do you love Mister Safer?" And I said, "So it is, Morally Safer." And he didn't have a poker face or bunny. Po- and I, I, I said, "What do you want?" And he said, you, you need to have our marketing. You, you, know, you need to have something that will go viral by tomorrow morning or safer, you know, uh, dyes. And then we, me and him, we actually connected because it was, geez, that was hilarious. I mean, we're in the Easter egg dye factory, and he uses dyes. And he says, morally, above a vat of dye. Oh, God, it was fun. I said, Jesus, can't tell. And I said do you ever dip your t-? I said this has probably been used in fifty movies, but you ever dip your tail in cottontail? tail? Uh did you ever dip your dip your tail in uh dye? And he said he just shook his head. I said so you want me to work on a campaign uh, so you can spread your toxic Easter egg dye to do something to earth so that I can save morally safer temporarily. And he said, Yourself. And I said, and myself, and I get a one way ticket off Earth. What about Morley? And he said, Well we'll take care of Mr Safer. And I said, What about my you know my family and everything? And he said they'll be they'll be they'll be working for us on Earth. And I said, Okay, I said, Okay, well I guess I gotta play along with this because this rabbit is not And I said, Well, take me to my team and he said, You have no team. And I said, What the hell? I said, Who, wh- Whose podcast have you been listening to? Because it must not be mine. Because I, I said, I said, I said, you realize I just do my podcast in a closet by myself, right? There's, I don't have a team. And then he thought about that. I said, "You don't have." I said, "I don't even know how to work a video camera. I don't even know where a battery goes." And I said, "I can't. I don't even know what a layout is, or you know, I don't even know how to use anything Adobe makes, any of those programs." And then he said, "Oh shit!" And I said, "And then he he just started laughing." He said, "I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. We got a whole marketing team." And I said, "Why do?" you? And I said, never mind. I said, just go with it. And I said, maybe I could encode. Okay, I said, I got it. I got it. I said, I started to come up with a plan in my brain. I formulated a plan to come up with the most brilliant marketing campaign ever created by a non-marketing expert whose main marketing experience, you know, consisted of a failed furniture business. Uh, so geez, I try, I did. I did do some telemarketing surveys and uh, the podcast stuff. Sold fuzzy dice and iron-on patches before, you know. But it was the team. of rabbits that you know. They they eat rabbit. They eat those green pellets, and they that's what they had to do. They looked at the center of the conference table. There was a giant tray of green pellets there. And then I said, by the way, do you guys do you have a salt lick in the office? Because the I need my own salt lick. There's no way I'm sharing a salt lick. And I think he said, that's gerbils or something. I, he didn't think that was funny. And I said, I think it would be great for part, you know, you have a lick of that and then a bite of brie. So salt, salt, what do you think? And I said, I'm just, you know, blue sky, it's blue sky time, a uh, cotton tail. So then I said, geez, I got to come up with a marketing. And I said, okay, back to school. I said, you know, and then the, the, he said, he said, don't worry, we, I got camera, you know, our entire planet is going to work on this marketing campaign for you. So he said, the cameras are on. So I started getting up and pacing around the room like I was, uh, she said, I'm no, I'm no Don Draper for sure. But I started pacing around and I said, okay, back to school. I said, okay, kids need breakfast. They need lunch. I said, there's your hard-boiled eggs. I said, somebody's writing this down, right? And I nodded. And I said, Contel, get out of here. I need privacy. And so, you know, if we could do a flash four, you know, I was working on that. I had, you know, geez. I started thinking. I said, okay, the eggs, you know, that's good for breakfast. You say just hard-boil them. And then I said, okay, guys. It was hard pitching and, you know, going back and forth with a team of rabbits that were sworn enemies of the earth you couldn't see him because he didn't think to have a two-way fucking feed like skype so i could say geez plenty of coffee though plenty of coffee is like some sort of self-perpetuating coffee machine so that totally kept me going but i was pacing i said okay the egg's back to school breakfast and i said okay we just gotta think you know breaking the egg open when the school's going back and I said, that doesn't work. And I said, end of the summer. I said, no. And I said, okay. I said, how many, so 12 dozen eggs in a thing. And I said, what about something to, for the kids' anger? I said, what about, you know, smashing eggs somewhere? And I was thinking about the target of and I said, Jesus, you, and then the, 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 these were rabbits. They said, no American company would even, and obviously I couldn't see them, so I didn't know how they were reacting. But they were working on, you know, this limited time frame. I probably had 12 hours, so they were going to lose their deposit or whatever, which I said, Jesus, who talked you guys into that sales, your sales job? And then I said, Cottontail, if you can hear me, you better be advertising on my freaking podcast. You freaking. And, oh, wait, we got to take a break. Hey, you've you, you got a scooter here. Pa's freaking egg dye is the best. You need to die. I don't understand. I'm always thinking to myself, why the hell don't people dye eggs more often? Because you ever hard-boiled eggs and you're like, this is so freaking lame. Another white egg, you know, just this is so, this is dull, lifeless. Uh, so, so freaking dye some eggs. It's great. It smells good too. You know that it brings you back to Easter childhood. If you're, you know, all, all, you know, in a, raised in a narrow, you know, just Catholic, or you know, say Jesus, Judeo-Christian, our society just dye some eggs and don't complain. But well, it's great. Dye some eggs. pause, pause is the best. Okay, back to the show. So as the hours ticked by. I I just kept throwing an idea. I said, okay, so we got the eggs for, and you, you I said you could do pitch to the parents, that you know, because the parents got back to school anxiety. Mostly, it's around how the hell am I gonna learn to make a lunch again. So if they knew, they could have uh, you, you, you pitch the parents on the uh, it's like this big thing where all the kids are gonna eat hard boiled eggs for breakfast and lunch the next day. You know, maybe work some recipes into it. And I was like, but, but you got to have something where the kids say goodbye to summer by smashing eggs. And luckily, there could be no resistance. So I said, oh, gee, so I started coming. I said, and to be honest, I'm not trying to, I don't, I, I don't I'm both ashamed And extremely proud of myself. So I worked through the night, pace in this room, pitching ideas to some team of rabbits somewhere. And in some sense, I said, geez, I don't really, I said, I don't want to, I want to save morally. And I said, but they never said we're going to have to sit around and wait for the marketing results to come in. They just need, they said, what, "What? what's with rabbits and deadlines? I'm real, this is becoming a rabbit bashing. But but anyway, I started coming, I said, geez, okay. So I came up with all these ideas, like different games. And, uh, you know, geez, you, what, what, how great would it be if you had, instead of an Easter egg basket, we come up with, you know, a, a backpack basket, a backpack basket. And I said, well, it doesn't have to run with basket, I guess. And I said, that's where you get the school supplies are a surprise. Instead of going shopping for school supplies or your clothes for the next day, and then the, everyone knows what they're wearing for clothes. And I was like, and you as a corporation should donate, you know, to make sure everyone that earns less than like sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 a year is going to get sweet school supplies too. And even then, I heard a couple rabbits growling or something. They said, hey, Yeah, well, I don't care. You know, for every pack of Paz die you buy, one, there'll be one more twinkle in a child's eye come back to school morning. And I was like, Can you get this fur? I said, Well, Jesus. And then I said, Maybe, just maybe, Paz, Paz people, you get some giant government grant. Because you unify, the, you're finally the ones that unify the school calendar. If that's a good idea, I said, maybe you guys, do you guys have a Boz Institute? I said, maybe you should get a think tank instead of call, checking on podcasters to do your marketing work. And then he, I, I was pitching, and I'm pretty sure, even though the ideas I told you, I'm sure there were some good ideas in there because I was like going a mile a minute, drinking coffee, drinking coffee. I even at some point ate one of those green giant rabbit pellets. Tasted like grass and sawdust. I'm pretty sure that's all it was. But then it started to catch up with me. The fact that I was probably being the most productive, probably being the most productive and come up with the best ideas of my entire life, but to use against my own people, the human people and the school children of Earth. And I was like, this is horrible. And, and at some point, I, I noticed that you know no one came in when I stopped pitching ideas. I mean, for, and then for a while I was singing "Algorithm, you just blew it, algorithmic. You helped pass corporation, destroy it, planet Earth sick." So I'm up there all, all night. I'm working all night, and then uh, at some point I passed out because I was weeping in shame. I was like, "Geez, they just..." Uh, if I, if I just retained marketing brilliance and I fell deep asleep on this conference table and then I woke up and I, I said, geez, I, I, I fell deep asleep on this conference table, but then I woke up because I, I, I said, I didn't really fall asleep. I was just so exhausted And when the earth was making weird noises. And I said I need to to get Morley safer out of here. And then I like uh, I said I tried the door it didn't work. I tried uh, I tried the windows they didn't work. And the windows looked out on the factory floor. I still saw Morley. He was down there. He was sleeping. He had a pretty sweet sweet neck pillow. Even though he was sitting above the, the vat, they had him kind of strapped in with some bungees. And he had a neck pillow, so he looked semi safe. But I said, gee, I said that's both a nice and I said they couldn't have moved him. I thought they only had him in the and they noticed that the factory must have been closed for the night. I said, Oh and he said I still got to sense something did not add up here. I said, Well, it's not a we're not in a lucid dream. They said, Could this be a dream? And I said, if it's a dream the door will open and a beautiful woman will come in, particularly, possibly, and I said, you know, I thought of some somebody that I had seen recently, and the door did not open, but I said, well, that's not proof, it's not a dream, because I try that every time. And then I said, and then usually I start to try to, like, let my attachment, and I said, where would a rabbit hide a, uh, Where would a rabbit And then I thought about it. I said, I wish I didn't drink so much coffee. And I said, these guys have the technology to make a perpetually refilling coffee machine. And uh, they they can't come over there. And then I said, oh, Jesus, coffee's got to be coming from somewhere. And I went up to the table that the coffee maker was. And I went to the wall behind it. And I started puncturing the wall. And I realized that it was a, it was actually a, a door. So after I punched it a couple of times, the door started to shake. And then I opened it. And then I saw this poor rabbit man in there was just in there with K cups. And I said, What a waste. And he looked at me. And I saw it was just a floor was covered in those stupid cake. I said, Who the hell? And I said, You guys own Gurk too. And then I, I was so enraged. And believe me, I know a lot of people have K cups. I, uh, but it just threw sort him of threw into a K-level cup rage. I'd top everything else. i grabbed grab this rabbit, and i say, where the hell are your keys, blah, blah, blah. And i say, you don't have it. And then I realized there was behind him was a, another door. And so I got out of the rabbit's way and went through the door and went into this gi- giant room of, uh, you know, coffee cup storage. And I said, this pot, I said, I got to get a hold of the shareholders of this pot because this is Peter Cottontail. And I said, I wonder if they're publicly traded. He said, they're probably Swedish or. I said, but now with this guy in charge, probably like a. And I said, geez, what a shame. He probably bought, they probably bought the company. But then all of a sudden, the room started to tremble, tremble, and they, they heard all the cake sh- sh- uh shaking. And they said, said, well, that could be something going on inside because I drank so much coffee. They're identifying with their coffee. And they said, maybe that's part of my rage. And then the cake cups they started to uh, bounce around like something out of a stop-motion animation movie, like an amateur one, a good amateur one. But an amateur one at that, and they started dancing around. And I was trying to look, 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 but then my head started spinning. And the the K cups, they started to form a wall around me, and I said, "No, I won't be imprisoned by these K cups." And I ran through the wall, and I said, "Well, geez, luckily they they don't have much bulk to them." And then I saw the door, but then I trump, you know, they tripped me. It was like straight out, and all of a sudden, suddenly, it's gone from stop motion to motion, K cup motion capture. And they threw, like, they started to formulate into some humanoid, too, like with a whip of K-Cups around my ankle. And I'm crushing K-Cups, and I'm saying, Damn you, Newman, own this. I'm saying, for the love of Glenn Lever, or whatever you call it, no. And I'm fighting off, and then they're shooting K-Cups, hitting me in the eye. But I see a door, I run through it. They're having to run out, like, and I see those metal stairs that go down to the factory floor. K-Cups are running after me, and I'm trying to think. I said, think fast, my friend. Think fast, this fast. And I said, I saw the bubbling vat. So I started running around the vat. And at first I said, well, maybe these K-Cups aren't us. So they started chasing me around the one giant circular vat. And then Maury woke up, and he said, Derek, and the K cups looked at him. One K cup shot him, put him right back out. And I said, "You're gonna pay for that? What? What? What was it? Was that a? Uh, was that a generic or a brand name?" And I said, "What hell licensing agreements do you have?" And I said, "She I didn't know I had this vein of feeling about K cups in me, considering my parents have one. They might even have one." And I said, geez, I drink a lot of coffee, so I should have better keep my mouth shut. But I started running around this vad, and sooner or later, the K cups had the intelligence to stop. And then I almost ran it, and I said, it was started with like playing with a dog. We're chasing each other. Then the K cups broke into two, so I kicked one, caught my foot, a whole sequence. And then I noticed all the other K cups. There was another K cup of broken K cups limping at me. And pretty soon, they had gotten a group of, like, all the K-Cups, even the discarded ones, which I said, "It's about time. They said, I'm proud of you guys. They had cornered me. Yeah, like, broken K-Cups, discarded used K-Cups, and fresh K-Cups. Minutes, and then they formed one giant K-Cup can- uh, creature. Had me up against this vat. And Morley was out cold. And I said, oh, boy. And I said, how dumb? then I started thinking to myself, how dumb is these K-Cups? And I said, you know, movie, you know, action moves, don't fail me now. And I reached up my hands behind my head. I grabbed the side of the vat. And I did one of those, you know, reverse somersaults up a wall Really strained my arms. But right at that moment, the K cups had decided to strike and they struck right into the boiling vat of uh, Paz dye. And they said, Geez, it must be a, a vat. I said, Geez, it must be concentrating this stuff. You know, I said, What is this? And, and the K cups were destroyed because of the melting. Otherwise, it was the only possible way. And the K cup creature was blah, blah, blah. And I said, that probably isn't good for the die either. But then I said, I got to get the hell out of here. We, I got to get to the, uh, you know, marketing. I said, geez, I don't even know. Hopefully I'll wake up. Uh, so after the cake-ups were gone, I ran ran over to Morley. I, I, uh, I said, geez, I don't want to. I, I said, Morley, Morley. He said, Derek, you woke up. He said, Derek, Derek. And I said, Morley, is this a dream? And he said, no. And I said, so it was the Paz Corporation trying to pull some, some convoluted. And he said, I don't know. I can't get to the bottom of it either, but it's bad. And I said, I'm pretty sure I, I, I made it worse because I just gave him an ace marketing campaign to uh to, 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 to a new back-to-school celebration. I said, I think he even came up with a witty name for it, but I'm not sure what I called it. And I said, here, and I, said, I helped him get down. It was a little bit treacherous, but boring treacherous trying to get this old older man un unbungied. And I said, Jeez, is that is that a cellophane purple grass on that neck pillow? And Morley said, It is, you wouldn't believe how comfortable it was. And I said, Damn that Peter Cottontail. So I got Morley down and I said he said, Morley, we gotta stop. Uh, this eventual, this launches marketing behemoth, which will eventually. Uh, and I said, "You." I said, "I said, what in the name of Leslie Stahl's old Bergman's phone number?" And Morley said, "That wasn't funny." I said, "Well," I said, "I was hoping you would wake up and say, what in Leslie Stahl?'" I said, I "Love." I said, "If I had to choose between the two of you, I don't know who I'd choose to save, Morley." And he said, "You best be joking." I said, "I said anyway, Morley." I said, "Where the hell you got your phone? Do you have a phone? Are you one of those flip phone holdouts?" And he you know he pulled out a freaking, uh, some sort of phone. And, and I said, "You need to get Lowell Bergman, Glenn Greenwald, and Leslie Stowe on the horn now, and you'll see if you can get a hold of freaking some other guys uh, whose names I don't know of. Maybe get Robert Reich on there because I think I'm betting him in." Uh, Bergman are neighbors. I think they both teach at Berkeley. As a matter of fact, get Michael Pollan and uh, Eric Schlosser. I think they, they live, I think they all teach at Berkeley. I think. Luckily, Morley hadn't had as much coffee as me. So he said, okay, and he was already dialing. And he said he had a conference called in, and it wasn't able to pause and appreciate and I said, Tell them I said, tell them about it, blah blah blah. I said, tell them to start and he was explaining to him. I said, We gotta go. And he said, Where? I said, uh, I said probably deeper into this factory. And I said, Well, would she I said what if I said, one second, morally. what if this is some media like b like says somebody needed a big ad buy in these this planet? of uh paz i said i think i figured it out i said we gotta go And, and he said where and i said if i know anything about anything which i don't normally but i said we gotta i said if we go deeper in this factory as deep as deep goes or right there i said that that wall he said, let's go. And then we ran around the factory for a little bit because it was a wrong gut move. And I said, okay. And I remembered I was wearing the medallion. It was a one-way ticket off planet Earth. And I realized the medallion had a button. I said, well, geez, I don't know how. And I, said, I said, listen, Morley. He said, something is not right here, but I said, it's like almost like... Uh, I said, jeez, I can't figure out something strange. I may be asleep, but I'm not. I'm doubting it now that I see you. I said, I want you to get out of this factory and, uh, you know, make sure you meet up with Lowell because hopefully we're still in the Bay Area. And I said, wait a second, Morley, maybe. And then I said, jeez, oh, let's back outside. So we ran back outside to the purple grass. And that's when I realized I looked around and I said, I oh, jeez, I hadn't looked at the sky before the sky was as, as, as a green as a the bottom of a Easter egg basket filled that was the color of the sky. And I said, Morley, we're on some sort of pause planet and he said he said he can't be. He said he he said uh he said 'cause I got Will Bergman on the phone and Leslie Stahl and Glenn Greenwald. And I said, how many bars you have? And Morley said, three and a half. And I said, out of five. And he said, this phone goes to six. And I said, geez, you're nothing like the Morley Safer I made up in my mind. He said, you're so much better. And you should have seen, if you thought the Morley Safer 60 Minutes was gritty and joyful, he, would, he said, let's get these guys down. And he said, what do you, where do you think we are? And I said, I think we're in some sort of like Hershey Park with pies. And I said we were, we ran out of the factory, and then we ran into the streets, and we were still on some back factory streets. But I said, I said we gotta find this. We, we really like, I was trying to find the apex of the sky, so I could run. It's like I am pretty sure it's a dome, or like we're in some sort of park. And we reach, finally, reached some sort of. Uh, we 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 reach we it through more of these industrial buildings. But we reached the edge of the industrial sector, and we, 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 before us stood like an entire. Before us stood like what could only be called Easter Town. But beyond that was uh, in the sky. Beyond that was these giant windows. And beyond the windows was the planet Earth. And uh, I said, geez, I don't know why I sell I said, they must have cell tower." I said, oh, boy, this is weird. And I said, we're on some sort of pause-based space station, morally. And I said, this is weirder than a dream. And he said, we need to get to the bottom. I said, finally, we're partners again. And I said, that was the whole intention of that other episode, and I didn't even think I would run into you this time. And he said, well, I, and he said, hold on, Grant Greenwald. Gr- Gr-, and he said, and I said, Glenn Greenwald's hard to say. But he'd gotten Glenn Greenwald, and they had teamed up. It was just a little bit of argument over the. Like, it was going to be run on 60 Minutes. It just happened to be Sunday afternoon. And then Glenn, anyway, they were working at the officership, but they had blown open the marketing part of it and the chemical part of it. But I, and then I started to feel the space station move. I knew, I said, geez, more of this isn't done yet. And that's when I felt a drip on my shoulder. And I looked up and I noticed it. I, and I looked like there was some sort of drip dripping down, brown chocolatey colored and i looked over and morally had already been encased in some sort of hollow chocolate bunny and then at that then i started then everything went dark and i was inside of a a presumably a, a hollow chocolate bunny and that's that's the end of the story for tonight i guess so we'll leave it there i guess this is going to be a continuing tale of uh Pa, Pa's planet i don't know i didn't expect this tale to come up but it did so i hope you're asleep and if not i'll talk to you soon hey guys this is scooter here uh this is a trending twitter tuesday episode but it, it's uh weird for me it might not be weird for you because uh i'm recording this episode one night after i recorded last tuesday's episode if everything goes out according to uh Schedule. And I hadn't planned on recording a a couple of things I hadn't planned on. And this is the start of the boredom. So uh, if you need to skip this, it should be in the uh, notes. But it's also, I said, Jesus, this opportunity for exploration. So last night I sat down. It was Tuesday. It's Wednesday now. Actually, let me get the, I'm going to pause and get the trend into Twitter trends because it's like 740 something. Okay, hold on. Oh, boy, I might have to charge my phone. So it's uh, Wednesday, and oh, I'm looking at the actual the 22nd. It's about 10 to 8 now. And so last night I sat down and had the it had the idea on Monday. This is a week my daughter's away, so I'm recording podcasts. So I'm trying to get a couple ahead or just get some stuff done. But tonight I had scheduled to work on a metastasis episode and get half of a metastasis done. But so last night, so I had sat down and I was going to do an episode about uh, having trouble writing algorithmic. And that was one of maybe one of my sleep, sleeper summers projects to write this song algorithmic to electric slide. And why I was going to explore that as a story idea. And he said, Jesus, I thought it was going to be a home run. I said, explore a story idea about being stuck in a creative process. And, and I'm not kidding, like the total fog of whatever you call it, ignorance or whatever, uh whatever Mc, Marty McFly. Biff always used to say McFly or so with childlike ignorance, I guess I said, Jesus this is going to go great. There's no better way to beat procrastination in Writers Black than by talking about it and then going blind into trying to tell a story about it. And I think it would have been fine then, but I said, okay, I'm going to use these writer emergency cards. That, as I said, one of my personal heroes created these cards, John August. He's a screenwriter. I've talked about a wonderful person and a wonderful writer. Amy, these cards to help writers that are stuck. And I've used them before. And even when I said I said, "Geez, these cars have worked for me every time." It wasn't the cards' fault, but I felt like last night the episode did not go well, which I think is so interesting. I was also trying to um, record it, like on my phone, because I was going to Periscope this to the last half and record the first half and then see uh, and see how it went. But I, I, I have never. It's been a long time since I've had to. Uh, that I felt, like, really, really uncomfortable. Like, the story was just not flowing. I just wasn't happy. But but let me tell you, the other times I felt like that, and I haven't listened to it, I haven't edited it, so I have no idea how it turned out. And then I still have to edit it and take out, like, the pauses and stuff. But every uh, in the times in the past where I've thought an episode has gone horribly wrong, people have always, it's always been, like, a couple of people have gotten a hold of me, especially people I've never heard from before. And said, oh, that was my uh, horrible, that was, uh, and said, oh, that was my favorite episode ever. So it goes to show how poor my judgment is. And even a lot of times when I'm editing it, uh, I I see, I I, I hear it the second time. I say, oh, this actually turned out pretty good. It was just my self-criticism coming up when I'm trying to tell a story. And I share this with you guys for a couple of reasons. One, because I said, you know what, Scooter, you got to get back on the horse. You got to dive back in. Because the story had a cliffhanger. And honestly, I was going to wait till next Tuesday to record it and recover and listen to the edit and maybe build up some of my confidence and then get a story ideas so I come into this preloaded instead of, you know, more blind. But I said, okay, Scooter, well, let's just go, let's jump back into this and see how it goes. Uh, you know, my critic cannot be a part of this process and I think this is why... Like part of the me trying to overcome my self criticism and my fears and put them at bay and say, "Hey guys, just like trying to quiet your brain down at bedtime when it's from telling the bedtime story time for me, it's an ongoing process for the same similar voices, a little bit different because they're more, a little bit more judgmental. and harsh they say, this is not going good, buddy. This is going to be. What if John August sees this? You'll be a, he, He's the nicest guy in the world. He's still going to throw up when he hears this.'" Or this is the last podcast episode, and then I, even if I read, a lot of times I just reason, I say, hey, listen, I'm just making a podcast to help people fall asleep. If, it's, if the middle part's wicked boring, that's what the podcast, I don't have to tell perfect stories here. This is my playground where I help people fall asleep and I get to be a little bit silly and I get to have a little bit of fun. And a lot of times if I see how the story goes, the story goes and it feels okay. So, but last night I was unable to do that. I'll be honest with you, I was kind of banging my head against a wall, and then I would regroup for a few minutes, and then the story would flow, and then I would go off the rails. And and really, a lot of times I don't panic. I've been doing this a little where I I can a lot of most of the time I can stay calm and say, okay, just let's let's just see how this goes. Worst case scenario, just be yourself, Scooter, and and you know bore the shit out of it. But I don't, I don't know what it was. If it was like. One, that it was about being stuck and about the algorithmic, which I feel bad. I've I, I been able, unable to break that and follow through on it, which is another part that I'm ashamed of a little bit. But, but not, maybe ashamed is too hard a word. Uh, not happy with myself maybe is a better word. So that's kind of like a long explanation of what this episode's about. But anybody, the reason I'm sharing is, one, I don't think this stuff ever stops just because we're going to sleep. You know, that's when it gets the worst for a lot of us. But the, I know a lot of you, whether it's creating something just for you around your home or, or wanting to share something with a small portion of the world, something special you want to make or something you want to express or something you uh, issue you feel strongly about, I know how hard it is. If you're if if you, if you listening to this podcast, you got to at least relate to what's going through my brain. And if you have to go through anything similar, I really feel some compassion or empathy, whichever one I'm supposed to feel, that I actually do in this case. Because making stuff can be incredibly hard. Just overcoming these obstacles, these internal obstacles, and they're never vanquished or beaten, unfortunately. That's the truth. But a lot of times you say, geez, I got, a, I had a pretty good streak going there. I'll be honest with you. And then this came up. The last episode that I, even after I edited it, I, no, I don't want to say it because I don't want to ruin anybody's episode. But it's been a while since there was one where I was like. Should I put this out? And then I did. And then that was one I heard from more than one person. I loved that episode. So it's just funny that some voice in our brain that treats everything like it's hard fact can be so wrong. And I guess sometimes I don't, I got to find some courage and, I just, and go back into this story. And it had some good elements. And I think it might have been a pretty good story. It had more safer one, you can't really go wrong. And I had rabbits trying to take over the world, I think, so I don't know this is just scooter trying to uh, uh keep the ch- line of communications open and if any of this anybody can use in any way, but uh, geez, I hope you that that's, I hope or if you if it reassures you that I'm a totally bonkers, and that this podcast sometimes it might sound like this is easy for me it's, it's not. But it's enjoy. But just because it's hard doesn't make me make it a, uh, a pain. I don't know. I just wanted to share that. So let's uh, let me pause it. I'm gonna take a few breaths, and I'll be back. All right. So when we last left off last week, and Drew just a note. If you're gonna do a story episode, do it here and now. With that nonsense you just went through, <laughs> just just like an internal critic uh, calling that nonsense. All right, so when we last left off, I'm pretty sure uh, Morley and safe morally safer and I uh, morally safer and I had just gone and discovered the Paz factory we were in was actually on a planet or a planetoid a space station circling the earth or with a view of the earth like giant windows. We had discovered the the fact that the Earth that we were in, the the Paz factory was a space station. And then Morley and I were sealed inside of chocolate, what what I assumed at the time were hollow chocolate bunnies. Like, we were sealed inside of it, and and I tried to break out. And believe it or not, uh, it must have been, like, kind of, like, I don't know, it was devilish because it, it sealed very fast. And the only thing I managed, because you would have thought more well, morally, he said, "It's melting. Push your hands through." I'm, you know, he was a old, he's an older gentleman, so he's putting it on me. And the only thing I managed to push through was one of my pinkies, and it got stuck in the chocolate. And then I was trying to communicate with Morley to get more bright ideas from Morley, but he was, he was very muffled. And then you could hear on the outside, they were wrapping, I, I, I assumed, yellow ribbons around the necks of our bunnies. But my pinky was chawing the chocolate, so it's licking and licking and licking. And I said, this chocolate's not melting. Morley couldn't hear me. And I said, okay, well, at least, Gren- least Gren- Glen Greenwald, Leslie Stahl, and Noel, Berg- Noel Bergman... Maybe Noel Bergman. I don't know if Noel Bergman's a uh, a journalist or supports the journal journalism industry in any way. But at least the big three, as I call them, like more more just morally. But you know, I don't know. I just used to call those three the big three. I just started calling them the big three: Stall, lowman and. Greenwald. Greenwald. Yeah, it's got to start with Stall. Because that's so powerful. So they're all Greenwald and Lowell. Nope. Stall, Lowell and Greenwald. Nope. low grow And we'll work on it. I mean, I guess you can see why I called it the Big Three. But anyway, my pinky's got in the chocolate. But I was like, okay, at least the marketing campaign's been exposed, the chemical campaign, probably my name. I said, I wonder if they know I was the creator of all the brilliant marketing. If someone says, what's well, an incredibly evil intended marketing campaign? Well, let's not break the blame, the marketers for it. Let's think about, uh, you know, who was the brilliant mind behind this caffeine-fueled campaign? So you to invent a new holiday? I wonder if it was the same guy then, event of All Husbands Eve, the uh, celebration for unmarried or for married childless men, the night before Father's Day, uh, sponsored by, by whatever beer company bids the most. All Husbands Eve uh, still available, uh, not because of no bidding though, because bidding's just, you know bidding's open, uh, you know bidding bidding war is a it's a slow war, the bidding war for All Husbands Eve. Uh, so Morley and I were in these uh, the, these chocolate bunnies, and, and then I feel moving. I feel it's moving in like a what do you call that? Like a uh, you one of those things called uh, forklift type. I hear the meh, and even the beeping backing up. And I said, oh, "That's good. The rabbits practice uh, with occupational health." And then I said, "I said I heard Morley clearly. He said, Derek, you still call me Derek?' Which oh geez." You'd think by now I would have told him he was getting my name. He said, Derek, think like a rabbit, an evil rabbit. And I said, well, I'm not, I said, uh, yeah, technically they're not, ra- ra- but you know, Morley couldn't hear me. I said, But he just said, well, okay, think like a rabbit Wade. And then I said, you know what, Morley said, I said, think like someone with a, uh, Uh, Whatever I called those, hand paws, pans, or whatever I called them previously. Paws, hands and paws, or pans. I think I was calling them pans when I started to think. I started to look at my hands and pretend they were pans. And I pressed them against the hollow trucker walls. They were just thick enough to resist my clawing, licking, pounding, and all that. But I had, you know, room to move and stuff. But I it, it just, I didn't notice. I said, "Jesus, this is after a while, it's going to get pretty uncomfortable. I'm at an angle. You know, I think my head was where the bunny head was, and my main body was in the bunny's body. And anyway, not important, not important. And I said, well, I said, well, they got this thing. I said, if they have this, they've got to have something more powerful than a weak marketing campaign, last-minute marketing campaign uh to to create a, a holiday to slowly poison the children and adults of Earth and take over via uh, vinegar based uh, egg dye unclear unclear importantly evil plan. maybe they have something you know to trump that and then suddenly I thought, this is in my wheelhouse. I said, okay, they had a bad plan. And they said, they said, well, let's come up with a better one that's not as bad. And they came up with the one they they just executed. So I said, what could possibly have been like, well, let's not do That's an option, but let's not do that. Let's try to think of something better with our limited, you know, brain power or whatever it was. And I thought of like the last, uh, uh, well, wait, there's a sponsored message coming in uh, through my brain. Well, don't tell me. I was thinking of like misguided marketing campaigns. I remember when there was a sweepstakes recently of a, a painkiller, painkiller sweepstakes. And I said, and and uh, they they said they were going to give away things that took, it went totally wrong because they said it, it involved uh, everything pain. And they said sweepstakes your way, your pain, I think. And, and, and then people, they said that was the worst idea. It backfired. And they said, well, they probably weren't going to do it sweepstakes because they could have, they would have told me. And I said, okay, well, what about campaigns? And I said, well, why would rabbit humanoids? Obviously, their planet's gone. But and I said, I don't know how they have the time. And I said, well, they're pawns in somebody else's scheme. And I said, these rabbits aren't, it, it, it just, it, I said, obviously, they're not evil geniuses, but no one's going to make. And I said, it's some sort of, I said, what what could, I, and then I noticed I heard coming through the walls of chocolate surrounding me, the sounds of a TV and chitter-chatter of a group watching TV. And I said, I could, I think I, I could have sworn I heard some of this. Like rabbit, kind of sounds rabbit makes when they're moving their faces. And probably snacking what, and I heard uh, the 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 wonderful voice of Ian Ziering, that was putting me at a heroic heroic uh, dialogue, muffled by the, the, the hollow chocolate shallows. And I said, "Damn, it, Sharknado three came out." And I said, "Well, I don't have cable, so it's, I wouldn't have watched it anyway." But I said, "I love Ian Ziering." And I don't know who else is in it, but wow! And I said, okay, I got to. I, I said, I said, geez, I got to figure out a way to get out of here. And then I remember this one time I uh I had met a uh, I, I, I had met a uh, this crazed uh, what do you call it, agricultural uh, inspector. Because I used to work a long time ago. True story. Actually, not that long ago, I was a fruit fly trapper checking the state of California with the county of Alameda for fruit invasive fruit flies and insects. And there was this one uh, agriculturalist who liked to hang around there. They wouldn't give this, this, this guy a job. Uh, but he would hang around and he would he'd always want the latest and what's up with the Holly you know, all wanted to share his two cents about everything. And most people wouldn't give him the time of day, but I said, I said uh he he always was sitting by my truck. Uh so I always had to talk to him, I didn't have a choice I had to give him. he would say, well, what time is it? i say same time at all I said it's like uh, seven forty eight, that's when I get to my truck. I get to work at 7.30. It takes me to plan my route. Anyway, what's up? And I would usually bring some fruit from home or some food, you know, because I felt bad. I said, this agriculturalist. And to be honest, he would usually give me, he said, I wish I had the podcast at the time because he would go on these rants and speeches about fruits and stone fruits versus, I, I said, geez, this guy, he, he was like, you wouldn't know your pit from a, and I don't even know his other thing he said. That's how poor my agricultural knowledge was. But I, mean, I remember this one time, and this is going to repulse you if you're, you know, if you're not a foot foot person, which I'm not particularly, I don't fall either way. But I had these Kiwis, and the next thing I know is this dude's taking his shoes off. And he's, put, he's putting the Kiwi between his feet, and he's shaving the Kiwi with his freaking. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said to him, I said, "What in the hell are you doing?" He said, "I'm I got me old kiwi shavers going." And he's like, "I'm gonna do a little kiwi shaving here." And I said, "I said I'm never bringing you fruit again," which I, of course was not true. The next day, I gave him, so I, I said, I, "I said everybody, you gotta see this guy's kiwi shavers." And then I tried to make up some jokes with kiwi shavers, but most people are repulsed by the feet. I can tell you, some of you are like, "Okay, but if we..." Clean feet, uh, believe it or not, it wasn't. Well, actually, I took the kiwis and I threw them away from him. But I said, that's probably good for your skin anyway, a little kiwi juice. And he actually did shave the kiwi, just, uh, I said, he I said, I never mind, I don't want to think about it. But it turns out, I said, the old kiwi shavers, that's how we get out of here. And I said, you know, my feet are pretty strong. And believe it or not, I know that I run pretty hot, uh, you know, internally. Because, and plus all the caffeine I'd had earlier. So I popped open my shoes and I just started pumping, pumping, pumping my feet. And I didn't even didn't have to use my nails. I was running in place and we were jumping up. And I, and I got to tell you, a friction city was going on down there. But I don't know if anybody owns a spa, owns a nail salon. Probably not. Probably not the best idea was a nail salon. Or you know, does that if you're a salon, if you know, take this idea and run with it. Melted chocolate under your feet when you're melting it yourself. Oh my goodness! If I wasn't, if the fate of the world was not hanging in the balance. And if Morley Safer wasn't incorrectly calling me Derek and pounding on his chocolate, I could have just done that for hours. It was like chocolate between my toes. Like I was running in place, running, and he said, Derek, what are you, I said, I'm running in chocolate, Morley. If I, This is great. And at some point, I ran, ran, ran the chocolate right to the floor. And then it was extremely slippery, so it kind of, so I got, and then I tried to run it. I said, Well, I'm not going to run out of this one. And then I used my socks to wipe up the chocolate. And then and, and I said, Okay, I got to figure it out. And then I said, Morley, can you hear me? He said, Yeah, Derek. And I said, Hold on tight. And I stood up and I jammed my shoulders into the chocolate bunny. And I turned to this right and I knocked Morley's bunny over. And then I waited, and I heard the bunnies gather around. And I said, Morley, what are you doing? Are you trying to get away? Because I was like, I, they won't. And then I, I, I lifted up the, I waited till I saw the sound of them. And then I went in, and I went down. And I grabbed the bottom with my feet, grabbed my bunny, chocolate bunny, lifted it. Definitely got some strength from both the caffeine and the adrenaline and the chocolate I took a giant bite out of. And I threw, you know, like they say, humans under stress can lift incredible amounts. This must have weighed thousands of pounds, probably 80 pounds, which in normal circumstances would give me a bad ache. But I flung this, be boom, it knocked like four bunnies over. And then, of course, there was like about 16 left, and Morley was on his side. and it, But luckily, one of the ears had broken off. And I stuck my hand in the ear, and I just started using that like uh, I I was, uh, and it turned out the bunnies were afraid of chocolate. It was a strange, I said, they must be allergic. So then I started kicking chocolate. I started melting chocolate with one foot, flinging it, and they were trying to, but every time they they started running or if they got hit, they were running for the infirmary. And then I hopped on on my Morley's, and I said, Morley, I'm going to run my way through your chocolate. And he said, okay, Derek. And so I started running in place. Now, meanwhile, I was running in place. There's alarms going off. There's rabbits running around. At this point, I was, like, biting off a little piece of chocolate and threatening it. So the rabbits, and then I looked up. And in one of the spots where the old factory boss would look down, even though this is a new factory, so I guess a new factory boss. One of those windows overlooking the factory floor. I guess in this case, well, I don't know, but I saw... Uh, a catfish humanoid. a Catfish. And I said, "Morley, we got ourselves a catfish." And he said, "What, Derek?" I said, "No." And I said, "I'm getting through because I was going through." And I said, jeez, hey, I had I, I bet that like the neck area of the rabbit was the thinnest part, but I guess I was wrong because I picked the wrong side of the ribbon." But anyway, I was still running, running, running. And those of you that, I uh, said, if if you, this catfish had a three piece suit on, catfish humanoid. As as far as I could tell from the distance, an ascot, and definitely had a monocle, maybe a monocle. I couldn't tell if it was a monocle or a pocket watch from this distance. Uh, But, you know, it's an archetype that uh, humans have been writing about for years. Normally, catfishes in human form, as far as I could tell, are usually bad guys or evil. And I think H.G. Wells was maybe the first one that identified this as a fact, you know. Or, and I said, geez, he has, cent-. I said, was that, was that the center of the earth, or was that, and I said, and then I cracked through Morley's thing, and I kicked off the head of his bunny. And I pulled Morley out, because he's a little bit more, a, a smaller frame than I am, so he came right at the neck of his rabbit's. And he said, you're a lifesaver, Derek. And I said, well, we got to become earth savers, Morley. And I said, did Gre- G- Glenn Greenwald didn't happen to call you. He said, no, Leslie did. And I said, one day I may be able to call her Leslie. If, you know, if I can complete this mission and not destroy the earth. And Morley said, what do you think? And I said, that catfish is up there, but he's not sending any guards in. And I said, so we must be headed in one direction. And I said, five years of One Direction, just like the band. I said, I'm pretty sure I know where we are. And I said, we're inside of Pluto, uh, more like I said, I think I'm pretty sure it takes five years it's been in One Direction. Because I, cause I, I said, at some point, I'm pretty sure I saw a ticking clock that said five years to Earth. And he said, we, we, we look closer than that, buddy. And I said, well, it might have been. I said, I don't know, Morley. I said, I know we're in Pluto. We got a catfish, man. I said, pause. I said, wasn't there a heart on Pluto? Like, I love Pluto. And uh, I said, uh, pause. The A is a heart, I think. And Morley said, you might be on to something. And he said, what next? And I said, we do something crazy, Morley. And I said, let's just start. I said, uh, let's walk slow. I said, I walk slowly and walk close to me, determined. I said, well, I said, was that just Mike Wallace that would go into business places, or did you ever do that? And he said, why, Derek, why are we walking? And I said, as confident as you've ever walked, Morley. I said, like, the first moment I met you, walking out of Maine. And he said, what? And I said, that was when I first met you, Morley, I'll never forget it. And then he, he said, what is that? And I said, I don't know, but I said, we've got it. I said, I, I wish I could think like Mame. But I said, that, that catfish is so confident, morally, we, we've, we've got to out. Uh, I said, what are those things? That, I said, I wonder why he doesn't need any water, huh? And I said, we must have something to do with the pressure of the fact this is another plan i said this is some sort of pluto move pluto vengeance move and i said they've used us and glenn greenwald and leslie Stall and lo bergman to put earth in a to take earth's attention off of some other scheme they're cooking and morley said what do you think it is and i said i think they're playing a knock in the moon i said they're gonna take i said isn't them pluto and the moon like pretty much the same size and Morley said, the fool, and I said, then I saw, I saw the moon approaching. And if you want to wonder what breathtaking really means, uh, be inside of uh, somehow the planet Pluto, uh, defying all sensibility. But without a doubt, it was a planet Pluto uh, with some sort of uh, giant windows. Uh, you know, the interior of Pluto unexplored uh, to this day. Uh, and you look out the window and you see the Earth's moon, uh, beyond, beyond breathtaking, it was so huge, so, so, so I, I, can't, I don't have words for it, but it was hypnotic and it was mesmerizing and I reached, it was so breathtaking that I reached for Morley Safer's hand and he, he, he did not pull it away and we held each other's hands not in romance, in part amazement, in part shock. And I think Morley's still shocked about it. And I said, it's not, I it's said, it's dudes do it, Morley. I said, it happens, get over yourself. But that was afterwards. But we watched. And at first we were squeezing each other's hands because we were afraid we were going to hit the moon at that moment. But the moon was so massive that when I see, he said, the fool's. And I said, I said, yeah, what are they thinking? It's gonna, there's no possible way you can bump another, you know, something out of orbit. And he said, no, Glenn Greenwald didn't use a primary source in this article. And I said, morally focus on the fact that we're we're, at some point we're gonna bump into the moon and all hell's gonna break loose because these catfish, uh, plutoids are pissed. And he said, well, what are you gonna do? And I said, well, clearly this Paz Inc. is, is, uh, it's for something. And I said, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I noticed uh, dyed liquid was being sprayed on the light side of the moon. And I they said, Well, geez, that's going to be impressive from Earth. And they were spraying it in different colors. And for a second, me morally wanted to just watch. And I said, I wonder if they're going to put some, you know, Hey Earth, you're screwed, or Hey Moon, you suck. But at first, they were, and I said, "Okay, we better, we better, uh, we better figure out a plan." And then I was trying to think, like, uh, when the space station. And I said, "Well, the, the, who knows the, how smart these calf?" And I said, "What are we being propelled by? Sun's gravity?" And I said, "I said Morley, I think I, I said we got to get up to that catfish." And he said, "Why?" I said, I said, I, "I said, why don't you go up there?" And I said, are you listening to us? And the catfish nodded. And I said, okay. I said, well, you know, why don't you go up there, Morley, and interview the catfish? I said, we're, we're doomed. They said, I need to go cry somewhere and, and say goodbye to my family, at least in spirit. But Morley's still a true journalist. And then Morley said, well, what about my... And I said, Morley. They said, go interview the catfish that's trying to destroy the moon. And I said, can I said you got some live feed to her, so you can. Uh, uh, I said, can you Skype in Leslie Stahl and the little Bergman? And Morley said, we're gonna punish Glenn. Glenn. And I said, no, I'm just kidding. I said Glenn Greenwald to Skype them in. And and then I said, go Morley. I said I got something I need to do. And the, the catfish seemed pretty pleased because they said, well, this is Pluto's moment to shine. You know, he said, They're gonna leave. and I said, and he said, well, there's a lot of oversight being missed because Earth's going to probably be destroyed if this plane, but I said, I've got another plan, and I, I, I looked around, and I, I started to think in this factory, what could I use? I was thinking, what could I use to, uh, and then I heard, well, I, said, I, said, I was trying to think what to do, and then I heard the, uh. The catfish guy, you know, talking to Morley, and he said, Well, what do And he said, We're plutonians, we're the APMAs. And Morley said, What does that stand for? And he said, That's our APMAs, we're, we're altruistic plutonian uh, moon alternators. And he morally said, is that, a, and Morley, who we weren't right, he was asking, and ended up this was just a branch of crazy Plutonians that live deep within the core of the planet. And I said, Jesus, it probably goes pretty deep, I guess. But he said, yeah, we're covering the, uh, he said, we're covering the moon and in ink, and we're going to leave, leave you with one last goodbye. And then he said, I don't know, he said something about the ink uh, starting to, uh, He said something about the ink slowly deteriorating the moon. And I said, well, that would get the, uh," and I said, that's going to use a lot of ink. And and, and, and again, he was talking about some sort of magnetism and half-lives. But I was saying, man, Earth's going to, I said, I still don't buy this stuff. And I said, what the hell am I going to And then I saw these giant, you know, things shooting the, the juice out of the moon, you know, onto the moon. And I said, geez, and I, I said, okay, I got. An, I think I got an idea. And I, I ran, I started running around the factory. It took me a little while to find a direction. Luckily, Morley was behind me plenty of time. I mean, he was like going for two or three 60-minute episodes, I think. And then Lowell was feeding Leslie, like all three of them, questions and then even the other guy from Citizen 4, the guy that could had the great shorthand, he was coming in and, like, clarifying stuff. Uh, Sir, I'm sorry I forgot your name. But I said, okay, I got, I think I got an idea. And uh, so I started looking, and I finally found a mechanical room that was controlling these giant sprayers that were spraying some sort of altered pause dye onto the moon. And I saw they were using clockwork machinery. I said, "Well, H.G. Wells would be pleased." And I had brought with me uh, uh, most of what was left from Morley's suit. I was wearing a bunny helmet with the eyes cut out, uh, so I could see. And I had a, a ch- giant shield of chocolate, and another the b- other bunny ear as a, as a sword arm. And I cleared all the rabbits out of the mechanical room. And then I started smashing stuff and taking rabbit you know, any rabbits that mess with me, I gave them their chalk. I said, this stuff. I said, what the hell are these catfish thinking? Uh, but anyway, I, I, I said, maybe they think you. And I said, never mind. I scared all the rabbits out. And they went after the control panels. And finally, I shut, I sh- I shut down. I didn't shut down the sprayer. But I like managed to disengage some of the gears, and that's all I wanted to do. And then I saw, I said, jeez, I'm trying." I tried to re aim the stuff, and I said, I- "And then I kicked it." And, you know, it, just like in the movies. You know, I couldn't figure out how to work the computer because I had smashed it. Which, again, 2020 vision—I shouldn't have smashed computers. But I found the disengager to put it—not even in manual, neutral. And then I just melted some chocolate with my feet. I said, well, geez, that feels good. And I started running on some of these giant brass gears. I said, "His shield elves would love this. And I, and believe me, I don't know, again, maybe it was the adrenaline. I said, I said well, if I run this, this direction, it's going to shift the sprayers. Now, the sprayers were still going full bore. And as I started to turn the sprayers with my running on this giant clockwork, like a as uh, ch- soon as I was covered in chocolate I was running on all fours like a chocolate-drenched gerbil on a wheel and I was just I still was had a huge caffeine high from all those K-cups from the last episode but I was running, running, running and as the sprayers turned just as I knew how delicate things can be in space from watching movies like Gravity and Gravity and I said, well, if that worked for, uh Sandra Bullock and, uh, and George Clooney, if, you know, I said, I don't know, was that Wally that used the, uh, I said it doesn't matter, So cause as the guns spraying the water shifted, at first the planet Pluto shuddered and shuddered, and then I felt it slowly shudder and alter in, like, whatever the gravity they had set to make us, you know, not float around which I'm sure gravitologist was like, what the heck? But it shuddered and shuddered, and I saw the moon moving out of the thing. And then I felt a, a giant shudder as we were caught in Earth's gravity in some unpredicted way from whoever's in the engine room. And I said, that's another catfish mistake, keeping the engine room and the spraying room separate. But I said, they probably want to be by these gears where the sprayers are. And then I felt alarms going off and anything, but I, the sprayers were so well-designed, you know, brass fittings. I said, these guys, they know what they're doing. And at this point, they must have, not, they must have only had rabid sh- soldiers. I guess they probably figured the futility of the mission, or maybe everybody else was caught in the center of Pluto. But he said, "Well, geez, uh as, as, as we got caught in Earth's gravity, I started to laugh to myself, and, and and you know things started to fall apart as as we were fully gripped. Well, now we we're still far away uh, from an earthly standpoint, but from a point of no return, we we were we had crossed over that almost instantly." Uh, once we were out of the... I said, uh, maybe the moon's got a gravitational push and pull. I have no idea. And now, unfortunately, I'm not a scientist, but I said, well, if this is hollow, and they built all this crap with these windows, uh, odds are, well, the fate of work... I said, in order to save Earth, I have to destroy Pluto. And I, I was guessing that our long drag in Earth's atmosphere... Yeah, uh, would would would, would uh, the planet would a uh, Pluto would burn up because it's smaller? And I was saying this actually on sixty minutes. Now you might, not, and none of this aired, of course. Big cover up, of course. But it, turn, uh, it turns out Paz is a huge donor to uh, both, you know, all, all all political parties. But so the planet, once it was caught in Earth's gravity, I, I you know I was giving this speech. I said, "You your planet's hollow." And so, it's inhabitants, no offense. This was what I was saying to the uh, catfish guy when I broke in. I said, I, uh, I guess I got a little carried away because I said, uh, Is this live? And morally said to the government, you know, to the government it is. And then they you know, they're saying, and I said, Morally. And then they all laughed at me. And they said, Are they laughing? I said, What are they Are they laughing at? Because I'm naive, or are they just joking? But I said, well, it'd be nice if this was life because Pluto's headed towards Earth. I'm about uh, 85% sure it's going to bre- break up and melt in the Earth's atmosphere because because it's hollow and full of catfish. I said, it's going to melt like chocolate. And I said, that's the only reason I could think of it there's, there's so much Easter-related things on this planet Pluto. I said, I don't have any idea. And I said, maybe one day we'll find all of it out. And then the plant was shuddering, shuddering. And I said, "Well, geez, a lot of brass fit. This is pretty well made." And I said, "Oh dear, like what if I'm wrong?" And then Morley said, well, "We better cut off the interviews here and, and get, find a way the hell off of here." And so then the, the catfish guy, he was just he was so enraged at us and in disbelief that we had uh, that I had upended his plans. He said, "I, Derek, I'm gonna get you." And I'm, I'm like, for sure, keep your eyes out for a Derek that looks like me. I live near Morley in Florida. And I said, Morley, down, I said, run down the stairs to the, uh, the uh, mechanical room. There's Easter egg uh, escape pods, pause pods. And I said, go get in one way for me. And I said, I'm sorry I had to ruin your plans, Catfish. And he, he pulled it. Remember, I had gotten that medallion that said, one uh, way ticket off of Earth. And he laughed, and he pulled that off me, and he said, we're not done yet. He goes, go safer. He goes, but you haven't beaten Pluto, and this won't be the last of you or Earth here from Pluto. Vengeance will be ours. And he hit this button, and all of a sudden, the sonic noise... It was a, 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 more of a vibration, I guess. I couldn't hear anything, but I could sense it vibrating. And he said, "This he goes, this is the element from our sister planet all the way across the universe, solid core, unlike ours. And, it, it, is, is it a, it, and he explained a bunch of other crap about, metaf- I don't know, but it, all of a sudden this thing flew to the roof and like stuck there like a magnet and then shuddering increased for a second and then boom i felt the gravity change and we were no longer like we'd equalized for a split second again and then boom there was a drop as we were started to be pulled out of the earth's gravitational pull and i said well that felt good i said did catfish get that feeling in your loins and stomach because that felt good then I started to feel myself way I said it and then I ran and I ran down. I hopped in a Paz egg pinkish, hot pink Paz escape pod I hopped in was Morley. I said hit it Morley and he said he hit he hit the green button and poof, we launched out of the ship. We returned to Earth in a roundabout way. And uh believe it or not, this thing had an ingenious way of slowing down an ejective, like miles-long streams of cellophane, purple cellophane wrap that must have been in, in, impervious to the, but melting or something, that slowly slowed us down. And then, uh, and then it, it, it poofed, it was surrounded us in one of those things called peeps. And then when we hit it, we just boom, boom, boom. And it also had, like, peep bedding, which was nice. Without the candy coating, though. So it was like a fleece instead of a... Because that candy sugar could be a little gritty. Uh, But we were debriefed, you know, by the security forces of planet Earth. And uh, I was told never to speak of this. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, morally... Well, he said he was retired. Every time I'd call him, I'd say, Morley, it's scooter. he said it's funny. You sound like it. I guess I was so have of resentment, I couldn't admit that I, it was Derek. I just want Morley Safer to know me for me and not for someone he's confused is Derek. And and even to confirm it, one time I called, I said, hey, Morley, it's Derek. He said, Derek, oh, so good to hear you. And he went on forever, and I hung up and cried. And he said, why can't more? And then Leslie Stahl, Glenn, 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 Glenn Greenwald's got a restraining order on me. Well, Will Bergman, you know, threatened me. He said, he said nah. he's got a temper. And then Leslie Stahl, you know, I said, I have too much respect for I, I mean, I called her a few times. And then she said, please don't call me. So nice. And I said, I'm not, call, not calling you. I am saying you didn't have to be nice. I respect you. And she and I was waiting, you know, for her to say the same no. And they said, well, maybe. And I don't know how they covered up the fact that the moon had changed colors. Or I said there must have been some of it. I said, well, they said, good thing I don't want to get blamed for any of this global warming. You know, they said, well, it wasn't global warming; it was the idiot in Pluto. They crashed Pluto into Earth, so probably best that you know Earth avoided being caught in any of my calculations. But bad, good news, bad news. Good news, Earth was saved. Good news, if there's a sweep weeks weeks in sixty minutes is ever down in the ratings, they got they're sitting on those stories. Uh, hopefully, they come out with like Citizen Four Point One. Uh, the Paz story, you know, because they probably... But I said, I don't know if they even got to Glenn Greenwald. I don't... Maybe they his dogs, probably. They used his dogs. He's got such nice dogs. Uh, but the good news, Earth was saved. Everyone ended up being okay. And uh, running in chocolate is wonderful. Uh, that bad news, Pluto's out to get us. No, I mean, no one's surprised. I mean, come on. Who would be surprised it's like a dysfunctional relationship with this Pluto. And Pluto can only take it so long. And then all the stuff I said, you didn't even hear about being like a hollow weak planet. Or maybe you did hear it, but um so I said that's the end of the story. And we made it and we did we, we made it back to Earth, Morley and I, back to our lives. No ticker tape parade, no acknowledgement. But that's not about it, it's just the Derek thing. But I guess I can call more. least say from whatever I want. I just gotta pretend I'm Derek. But I'm not even pretending. That's what's frustrating. And I said, she he said, well, what if you know? I said, he even one time because uh, I call. I guess I call more than once. I'm lying. And he said, Derek, I'd love you to meet my. I don't know if it was a niece or. A, is 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 I don't know. Like a blind, set me up on a date with someone that's related, say, safer. And I said, Jesus, well, that would make for an awkward wedding. When I said, Well, I'm not Der- Derek's. Just my, uh, but he refuses. I said, you More, why don't, you, why don't you? You don't need to call me Derek anymore. And he said, Derek. So maybe I'm just open that Morley's being joking with me. That he really knows my name. And I said, like well, a scooter Andrew, Drew. I would take he's one Andy I'd take. bad boy. So maybe he's messing with me. Let's well, say I'm, I'm glad you uh, listen to the story and I hope you're asleep. Good night. I want to thank Laura, a different Laura for her comments on our website. So nice. thank you. I want to thank David, Luke, and Meg. Those are the people I'm talking to about the editing. I want to thank Lincoln for his nice offer, Angela for and Betty, and Michael C. Those were all nice emails I got. Miss M, I got a nice email. Faye. I want to thank Rachel, Jake, Eloise, Lori Babs, Mr. Recovery, Josh T. All, signing, shining the sun. I um, should. I got to stay away from those kind of words. Those trip me up. Sun, shining the sun on me over on Twitter. Uh, Kimberly and Julie were, were were say you know cheering me up. Over. I didn't need to be cheered up, but they did it. They said, "Hey, let's cheer him higher." They said maybe Scooter doesn't need to be cheered up. Maybe he needs to be cheered, cheered. He just just a general cheer, not a yelling cheer, like Christmas cheer, but all all through the year. And that's why it's the best time of the year, when you hear. From Julian, Kimberly, everybody near. Let's be clear, that I'm saying thank you, and I want to thank you, Samantha, again, over at spines and covers for that. Geez, and you know, if I say geez, if I get down, I can just read that. You know, when it say put me, if if if, uh, if I need, if the cheers not enough. Then I can so thank you, and I'm sure we, we're going to find some wonderful new people because of that. So thank you so much. And I think that's it on the uh, thank yous right now. If I miss anybody, you know, you you're dealing with a flawed person here, but I apologize. And hopefully, you know, just let me know. I'm not, a, you know, you you don't have to be afraid if you say, hey, Scooter, I sent you four billion dollars last week, and a spaceship, and a new Tesla. Well, how about you know I, I didn't do it for the thank you. And I didn't do it for my own personalized episode. But you know, if you could please, I just wondered if I, if I did it something to bother you, Elon. And I would say Muskie, oh, you get, did, it, did it. I don't know if everybody, So I saw um Brad Bird speak. I want to thank Brad Bird, and I know he won't hear this, but holy cow uh, Brad Bird's an amazing speaker, H- hilarious, and, like, not the same kind of humor as me, but that that the kind of humor that, you know, a lot of people say, he's not funny, but it, he's hilarious, like, uh, I don't know, he's not dry, but I don't know, he had to be there, and he was taught, I don't know, he really, really inspired me, and then he was talking about some stuff, and I'd been trying to figure out, okay, some things... Uh, creatively, like about a uh, so series. What are we going to bring back? What are we going? And he, he said something, and I said, "Holy crap! There's my answer." Uh, so, but whatever the next series is, or whatever, maybe it'll be Brad Bird's, just his his being Brad Bird, and he's not bird-like. I mean, he's, he has the good aspects of birds, with none of the irritating ones. He didn't call once. Actually, I love cause. And you probably could have made it. He did go boom. And he made an explosion. It, it was cool. And he, he talked about Muskie. That's what made me think about it. He calls him Elon or Mr. Mr. Musk. Though so Mr. Musk sounds like, yeah, hello. My name's Mr. Musk. I'm here to talk to you about sleeping in sweet, sweet love. I'm Mr. Musk. But anyway, Elon, so if you want me to thank you, you just ask, okay? And you send me a Tesla, and not purple, but I'll take a purple Tesla. But, you know, make sure you run it through some other off corporations. Uh, thank you. And thank you, Brad Bird. Uh, and thank you all, because you guys inspire me. Like, you give me a reason to pay attention, I think, because I said, Jesus, Brad Bird's great, but I wonder if he could help me with these ideas I can't, you know, I haven't been able to bring into focus for my listeners the wonderful listeners and then he just and I said whoop that's it there's my answer not actually an answer but I said well there's a setting for for the next uh, so that's, that's months away but anyway it's all that cheer you guys keep giving me and I had a soda about two hours ago so alright uh, let's get on to the rest of the show how about that